Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Let me bring right now the House uh, Majority Leader, Steny Hoyer, and Congressman. If you, uh, I got to get you to the studio. I've got a great photograph and a, 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 a really nice letter from Nancy Pelosi and a pen. And you're in that photograph uh, when she signed uh, the, uh, we were there together on, it was the, um, the bill related to um, the anti-lynching bill. Which you were, the anti-lynching bill, which you brought to my attention. Oh. Uh, and when you brought it to my attention, I was so shocked and uh, thought totally inappropriate that we hadn't passed lynching legislation. Uh, and uh, I followed up immediately with Bobby Rush and with others and with yeah. the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and we got that done, and you were a big, big part of it. Well, you went – You hey, could, I, I didn't have a vote in Congress, so I had to go to the person <laughs> – <laughs> got to go to the people who can, who can make <clears throat> the difference. Let me, let me tell right. you, there's a few things if you uh, with the time we have with you. Uh, I want to go over, but the one thing that came to uh, my attention was uh, th- this um, – you brought up Roger Tanning. For people who don't know who Justice Tanning was, uh, and and he has, what, a, a statue or a bus in, in the Capitol now? He has a uh, – Roger Brooke Tawney uh, was a, a very prominent citizen of Maryland. Right. Uh, and, and as you point out, had a number of very high positions and was chief justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. And Roger Brooke Tawney wrote what was arguably one of the worst decisions the Supreme Court has ever issued, uh, the Dred Scott decision, and essentially concluded uh, that uh, African Americans uh, weren't, or, or Africans generally, uh, Negro Americans, were not uh, entitled to be considered as full human beings. Just a terrible decision. And what was even more terrible, uh, Joe, was that. In the course of writing that opinion, he observed that if it had been uh, the, the Constitution and the Declaration had been written uh, in 1858, uh, that they would have been considered, that, that that would not have been the premise. But uh, he was an originalist, and ah. so he said that they, because the theory in uh, 1776 – uh, or 1787, when the Constitution was written, was that uh, Negroes were less than full human beings, that he was going to adopt that theory. Uh, it's terrible. And the, 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 the problem is uh, that Jim Clyburn and I and uh, Joyce Beatty, the chairman of the CBC, and so many other members of the Congress of the United States, as a matter of fact, unanimously on the Democratic side, and uh, uh, about a third of the Republicans voted to pass a bill that said we want to take his bust out of a place of honor outside the old Supreme Court because we do not want to honor those who pursued slavery, segregation, and sedition. Uh, and um, we passed that uh, overwhelmingly, as I said. Uh, every Democrat voted for it, and one-third of the Republicans voted for it, 67 Republicans it's now in the Senate. It's been in the Senate for some time. And uh, we wrote a letter on August uh, 12th of this year, just a m- about a month, a little over a month ago, about almost a month ago, uh, saying to the Senate, please take this up. Please pass it. 
not only does it include Roger Brooke Tony, but it includes about 13 other segregationists and uh, people who fought on behalf of the Confederacy against uh, the Federal Union. Uh, to honor them is, it seems uh, to us, to be inappropriate. And so we're hopeful that the Senate will act. Well, is there am I are there, is the Senate dragging their feet on on this or, or and I know that well, go ahead. They've had the they've had the bill for a long time. They've had it for the bill for at least a year. Uh, and when you say are they dragging their feet, I think unfortunately they they're they're not sure they can get 60 votes. Uh-huh. I hope they get unanimous votes and I'm hopeful that the Senate We'll bring this up either under a procedure for unanimous consent. It ought to be unanimous consent, uh, although uh, yeah. the, the vote in the House would indicate it may not have unanimous consent. But it's it just inappropriate in the in the temple of democracy, in the temple uh, of a nation which said that we believe that all men, and clearly we would tell, uh, say, women at this point in time, are created equal. In that temple, we should not have honored and honor, be honoring mm-hmm. people who undermine that very premise of America. Now, let me, is there is, is there discussion about replacing it with some other individual, prominent Absolutely. individual? The, the, the legislation also provides that we would replace it with a bust of Thurgood Marshall, uh, the first African-American to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States wow. and a great leader of the civil rights movement. And the interesting thing, Tawny was a Marylander, Marshall. Who was a Marylander from Baltimore. From from Baltimore. And Joe, uh, when I was sworn in as a member of the state Senate in 1967, uh, Ted Agnew was the elected governor. He gave a speech uh, on the east front of the Capitol where there was a statue of Roger Brooke Tawny. Um, Frankly, over the years, we created another statute on the west side of the Capitol, and that was Thurgood Marshall. So the irony of having uh, Tawny on one uh, on the east side and, <laughs> and, and Thurgood Marshall, what a stretch of history. But the important wow. thing is Larry Hogan and the state legislature removed Tawny's statute just a few years ago. And we ought to take the bust, uh, not only of Tawny, but as I said, 13 or 14 others who fought for the Confederacy, uh, argued for segregation and slavery. Uh, and uh, besmirched, really, the premise of America. But, you know, once again, as you're talking, and I'm speaking from my position here uh, Uh with our audience, I'm so glad you brought it up, because I can be honest with you, I was not aware of this. Um, You know, I just, and and I I can almost guarantee you, probably the vast majority of my audience across the country weren't aware of it, and they certainly weren't aware that you were proposing to to replace it with Thurgood Marshall's uh, right. bus. Oh, I know that's a fact. Well, they know it you now. Know, let me let, let me tell you. We have Barbara Lee, uh, Joyce Bay, the chairman of the CD, CBC, right? Karen Bass, the former uh, chair, uh, and uh, so many others, including uh, G.K. Butterfield and Emanuel Cleaver, uh, Anthony Brown, uh, Jim Clyburn is one of the principal sponsors, along with Barbara Lee and myself, of this legislation. And uh, we just think that the Senate needs to take this up and pass it uh, so that we do not have African-American uh, yeah. visitors coming to the capital of the United States, this temple of democracy, and being confronted with a statute that honors 
someone who said they were less uh, than human, yeah. less yeah. than uh, uh, citizens yeah. uh, who are white. Uh, and uh, we just think this is a oh, it's a, 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 statement it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. I mean, Stanley okay. Hoyer is the House Majority Leader, uh, and uh, I, I got to tell you, uh, I, I will be using, uh, once again, I'll use this platform uh, to, to push it, and we'll get it up on our social media. Uh, you, can, you can count on that. And, and I have one question. Uh, well, I yeah. got a couple more questions. But the, <laughs> the, the other issue about the Senate, is this something the Senate can, can take up after, so that people know after the holiday, after they when they return from uh, yes. the recess? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, who's chairman of the Rules Committee, okay. that has jurisdiction over this, this matter. Amy Klobuchar is for this uh, bill. She wants to see it uh, pass. And uh, she is. Uh, she and I have been talking about uh, how what's the best strategy to use to get this done. But whatever strategy the Senate chooses to use, in our letter to uh, uh, Senator Schumer, and Senator McConnell, Amy right. Klobuchar, and Roy Blunt, we urge them to take it up and to pass it uh, to uh, make a statement about the kind of country that we are, uh, that we articulated we would be, and that we must be. Uh, let me bring up something, uh, and, and you may have a couple of other issues and feel free to talk about, but the one thing that just came to my attention is that in, in there are several uh, Af- African-American leaders in your state that uh, are trying to get the FBI uh, building relocated to, uh, I believe, uh, Prince George's County. Prince George's County, yes, sir. Uh, talk about the significance of, of, of that. And I find it interesting, <laughs> given the fact that the FBI is now <laughs> under attack by what the president calls MAGA Republicans. What's the right. significance, other than jobs, uh, and and having it in in the county. Well, I think your jobs, obviously, um, the FBI, a prestigious law enforcement uh, agency. Uh, but one of the issues that you say a number of people have raised in our state is that uh, Prince George's County um, has got four percent of the office space um, in the Washington metropolitan area far less than any other jurisdiction in the Washington metropolitan area. But we have 48% of the warehouse space in Prince George's County. Now, you know, we're not a warehouse county. That doesn't mean we don't want warehouses in our county, but we are very uh, progressive, um, well-educated community. Uh, And we have about 20% of the employees of the federal government who live in Prince George's County. And for us to only have 4% of the office space when some others have 15% uh, or more uh, is is just not uh, right. And what they're raising is the president has articulated a policy of wanting to make both economic uh, and uh, uh, a basis of lifting up communities that have been ignored. decisions in the federal government. And one of the ways they can do that, uh, that some of our, uh, Angela also Brooks, who's the county executive, uh, Adrian Jones is the speaker of our house in, in Maryland, Anthony Brown, Chrissy and Fumi and others have raised the point 
that this is an opportunity for the administration to cite something that will help a, a community uh, of color uh, and also uh, help the economy of that county uh, and uh, is consistent with their policies. In addition, uh, from my perspective, it's also a, a, a good way to make sure that we develop around metro sites so that there are a lot of reasons why we think the FBI mm-hmm. who wants a, 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 to, a setback, you know, their, their building is, net, A, it's falling down, it's a terrible Right. Terrible shape, right. but it's also very vulnerable to attack because it's right on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, for years, the FBI has wanted a campus setting where they can have the setbacks that will meet the security requirements of the mm-hmm. federal government. So um, that's what that letter was about. I got and that's you. what we're pursuing. And by the way, there is another uh, advantage that people may not think about. Uh, it's federal on, in D.C on Pennsylvania Avenue, it's federal property. And I've heard uh, D.C. elected officials say it, you, if, you can, if, the, if that space would become available, it could be uh-huh. used for retail, therefore taxes. I mean, that would yep. be, it would be tax revenue. Uh, that, it, it would be a win-win situation, right. Joe. You're absolutely right, because that's, that's one of the prime real estate spots in America. And uh, it, originally, they wanted to put the two projects together, and I made the point, which is now we're pursuing, no, they ought to be separate, uh, because the, from a commercial standpoint, from a real estate taxes, revenue standpoint for the District of Columbia, that is a prime spot, and we ought to deal with that as uh, a, a prime real yeah. estate yeah. asset. Yeah, yeah. And, it does, and it would produce taxes for the District of Columbia. Yeah. Uh, finally, sure. you've got a major... Uh, campaign for mayor and other campaigns, but uh, Westmore, I've 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 met the young man, have had dinner with him. Uh, what an amazing story! And uh, let's talk about this race. If there ever was well, a a, very... a, a, diff, a, a I mean distinction between the Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate for governor, uh, you want to talk about that distinction? Well, it's a distinction like night and day. Uh, Westmore, as, as you probably know, Joe, I had attended. I said, not did to I say what in, did I say? Oh, May, I'm sorry, Governor. Oh, gee whiz, forgive yeah, me. Governor, West, governor. Yeah, you, Governor. Yeah, Governor. I'm mayor. sorry. I, I, and, yeah. and, and Muriel, I think, is in good shape. But I think <laughs> right. that, uh, Westmore, I had, I had not intended to get in the governor's race. Um, you know, I know all the candidates, uh, or, or most of the candidates, uh, pr- pretty well. I've worked with them. They were good people, and I, I didn't see any need for me to get in the race. But as the race developed in February and March uh, of this year, I uh, saw Westmore as a special, uh, unique candidate who has the ability to inspire uh, who has the ability to lift people up. Uh, as you say, he's a young man, uh, and he is a, a person who's had extraordinary experience. He's a Rhodes Scholar. He was uh, an officer in the 82nd Airborne. And, of course, as you know, his his uh, his calling card is leave no one behind. And that was the calling card of the 82nd Airborne, leave, leave no one of their troops behind. And I think that Westmore, A, he's going to win. B, he's going to be an excellent governor. And he's going to be an inspirational figure. 
somebody who will bring integrity uh, and a sense of purpose. Uh, he was the president of one of the largest charitable organizations in in America and a very, very successful leader of that organization and raised over $600 million uh, for uh, people who were in need uh, around the country. Uh, and so I, I, I endorsed him relatively early on and, and was very, very excited about his campaign. He traveled everywhere. He touched everybody he could, talked to people, and everybody who met him, as, as you were, Joe, uh, as I was, were impressed with his intellect, uh, and, but his empathy as well. Mm-hmm. He combines you know, the ability uh, and the sensibility. Uh, to be a great governor, and I think uh, he's going to do that. And as you say, it's night and day. We have a oh. uh, an insurrectionist. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, governor Hogan uh, was for uh, his Secretary of Commerce, a woman named Schultz, and uh, endorsed her and urged the Republicans to vote for. Her. And sadly, the Republicans chose a a, a MAGA leader, a uh, member of the House of Delegates, who the governor has called. Uh, unqualified to be uh, the right. governor and right. that he's not going to vote for him. That's a Republican governor who has about 70 percent uh, favorability in our state. And he's urged his party and the, and the Maryland citizens don't vote for this guy. He's not worthy to be the governor of our state. So I think it's a it's 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 night and day and day is going to win. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Congressman, thank you. I appreciate it. And anything else that comes up, I, I'm going to I'm going to start mobilizing uh, the the uh, at least my listening audience on this bus. Well, that would be great, Joe. And I think it'd be very helpful. Oh, I no, we'll we'll take care of Senate that. We'll be listening. All, All right, right, my friend. And my best to you. And, and thank you so much thank for you. taking the time this morning. Oh, it's always good to be with you. Thanks right. a lot. OK. Bye-bye. Stanley Hoyer, uh, House Majority Leader. Um, So, again, uh, let's go back. So here is this bust of Roger Brooks Tanning uh, from Maryland, distinguished Marylander, citizen of Maryland who was a stone segregationist. Now, I mean, not just a, but but wait a minute. Who said, who wrote a Supreme Court decision that black folk <laughs> weren't even fully human. And that was a Supreme Court decision. Just uh, look, all you have to do is Google the Dred Scott decision. Okay, so so I don't want to get into the weeds on it. It 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 it, um, and because the 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 ruling was written the way it was by Tanny, uh, black folk couldn't file for petitions. They they and remember, Dred Scott sued because he ended up in a free state with his owner, his slave owner. And declared, I'm free. And they wrote, no, sorry, nope, sorry. You're going back to with your owner and your slave owner. Wow, the whole nine yards. I, I mean, I'm just sort of paraphrasing everything to get to this point. Let's get that bust out of there. So you see, and by the way, 
All the Democrats voted for it. Now, once again, all of them voted for it. Every last one of them. And then, you know, what do you say? About 60 Republicans in the House. And then it gets over to the Senate. Now the bill goes over to the Senate. And it's stalled. It And by the way, this should be uh, what they call, what do they call it? It's not a voice vote, but it amounts to a voice vote. Unanimous vote? Yeah, it just, you know. And all, and but once again, all it takes is one senator to object, and it, that stalls it again. And I and I gotta tell you, for for my fellow broadcasters, my fellow talk show personalities, if you didn't know about it, you da- now you know. And if you need any details, all you have to do is what? All you gotta do is contact uh, House Majority Leader or um, Steny Horia or Clyburn or, even better, the Congressional Black Caucus, Joyce Beatty. Just contact the chairwoman. They get matter of fact, they're getting, getting ready to have their um, uh, a Congressional Black Caucus weekend. The thing that, I, that really uh, I found fascinating is when I ask, well, who are you going to replace it with? Thurgood Marshall. Who, by the way, is from Maryland. Is from Maryland. Hey, Joe, I remember um, my sister um, in the seventh grade and in the middle school right on the Camp Springs, Tipton Hills, Maryland line. Roger B. Tiny middle, middle school. school. Right. They named the school after that sucker. She was there when the protest happened to change the name, name of the school to Thurgood Marshall. Right. To Thurgood Marshall. Now, I let me tell you, that's why we do our show. You now know about it. We can mobilize. We can make this happen. Now, there's there's also a big there's a big issue, too. Because I don't want you folks calling and say, well, what's the big deal? First of all, it is a big deal. But here's the other issue. <laughs> Moving the FBI building, and, he, and he's right. He's right. It's, a dilap- it's an old building. I don't want to say dilapidated, but it's an old building. It's costing more to maintain it. And it's and and it needs to be in a secure location, especially given what these crazy ass folks are now saying that what they want to do to the FBI. See, the the reality is it's right there, smack dab in the middle of um, Pennsylvania Avenue, and and it's open. I hate to say this, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna be real. I mean, you could do an Oklahoma City. Now, what do you, you know what happened in Oklahoma City? Do I need to say more? I mean, this is, this is, and so, now, here's where he said it's win-win. Prince George's County, predominantly, first of all, they got a, huge, a bunch of land. That's number one. Uh, predominantly African-American minority county one of the wealthiest 
uh, black communities in America. And, and so that would be a great location. Now, I got to tell you, I got folks from Virginia who want it, too. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, I'm just telling you, all right? So the, it's a competition type thing. But here's the win-win situation, and most people don't realize this. Government buildings in Washington, D.C. don't pay city taxes. Hotels do. Retail stores do. But the, all these beautiful government buildings that you see, they don't pay city taxes. They don't pay city taxes. So it's, that's what he meant when he said, when Steny always said, it's a win-win. That building, would, the FBI building where it is now, would come down and, and it could be a, a hotel could go up. Some other retail business could go up and the city gets revenue. Now, I'm just bringing all of this up. So you got two issues here. Well, actually, yeah, two issues. But I would tell all of you right now, here we are on this Labor Day, this Friday before Labor Day. Uh, You can take this interview, go on demand, share it with your friends and family, but you should contact your United States senator. Every state has two. Every state has two. And tell the United States Senate. And by the way, you know where I would start? McConnell. McConnell. McConnell, Senator McConnell, the minority leader, can right now direct his senators. Let's get this passed. And folks, it's an election year. It's an election year. And it's an issue every one of us can relate. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.